your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 673 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And that song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers, just uh, about half an hour ago here, wrapping up a very convincing, very thorough 4-1 to preseason victory against the New York Islanders. Obviously, it was a really nice start to uh, the preseason for the Rangers here. I think the biggest takeaway for me for a game like this, and I mean, it's the, it's the preseason, you know, not everybody's playing for either team. I get all that. But the biggest takeaway for me is that, you know, you go into a preseason game like this as a fan and you are kind of looking for certain guys to you know, step up a little bit and probably improve their standing as far as, you know, potentially either A, making this team or B, you know, claiming a certain role with this team, you know, a spot in the top six, or if you're a defenseman, a spot in the top four, a spot in the power play, spot in the penalty kill, whatever it might be. And then you're also kind of looking at, you know, which guys kind of hurt their chances. The biggest takeaway for me for this game, though, is that I don't think a single player on the New York Rangers did anything to really hurt their chances or cause their stock to decrease. I don't think anybody, you know, it's not like somebody's like a fringe roster player and they went out there tonight and took some bad penalties or, you know, turned the puck over or anything like that. I don't think there's a single player, like I said, that hurt his cause in this game here tonight. Now, there were certain players that maybe helped their cause a little bit more than some others. Uh, Jimmy Vesey's name certainly comes to mind. He's one of the guys that dressed tonight that uh, truly is, you know, kind of a, a bubble you know, player as far as making this Ranger team, but he had a nice night for himself playing on a line with Philip Heal and Vitaly Krasov. It was very interesting to see Vitaly Krasov back in a Ranger jersey, something that we weren't sure would ever happen. You know, he played in the preseason last year, but obviously did not uh, appear in the regular season at all. I thought Brandon Othman had a very impressive showing for himself. Uh, He remains uh, certainly a Long shot to make the roster, but I mean, hey, if he's going to play like this, he's at least going to give the Rangers something to think about. Thought he had a very strong night as well. And um, as far as, you know, the line combinations for the Rangers are concerned, uh, we talked about them a little bit in uh, our previous episode because the Rangers uh, had announced line combos and deep pairings uh, prior to this game happening here tonight. But this is what they went with. You had Mika on the top line centering Kreider and Kako. You had Hedl centering VZ and Kravtsov. Uh, Carpenter on the third line centering Trevino and Reeves. Uh, Riedel on the fourth line centering Othman and Sakura. You also had uh, defense pairings of Miller-Truba and then Jones and Schneider and then Hayek and Walensky. And I also realized, I forgot to mention the fact, you know, in our last episode, we went through the lineup for tonight. I forgot to mention the fact that Igor Shosturkin uh, starting a net for the Rangers in this game. I suppose, you know, hey, it's the preseason for all of us, right? But it was Igor Shosturkin against a noted Ranger killer, Semyon Varlamov. And it's interesting, as a quick aside, you know, I was thinking coming into this preseason, like, okay, the Islanders have Sorokin. They're going to end up trading Varlamov because he's just going to be too expensive to keep. They've got their franchise goalie in place here. But of course, the Islanders just forgot to sign any free agents 
in this offseason. So I suppose if you don't bring anybody new in, you don't really have to let anybody go either. So Simeon Varlamov back with the Islanders here. Uh, but the Rangers obviously had his number tonight. They got him for four goals before he was pulled out of the game about midway through the second period. I believe that was probably uh, what the Islanders were planning on doing anyway. That's also what the Rangers did with Igor Shesterkin. Igor was absolutely fantastic. A couple of sharp saves early in this game when it was still scoreless and when the Rangers were still up one to nothing, ensuring that you know the Rangers didn't have to play from behind against this Islander team. And just looking every bit the part of last year's Vesna winner. There was a sequence early in this game where he made a save, and then there was a, a rebound opportunity, and he actually made another save with his mask. A good lateral movement from Igor Shesterkin a couple times where you know he had to move from right to left or left to right and um, you know seal off an opening, and he was able to do so. Uh, just so cool, calm, and collected in the net for the New York Rangers. Igor Shesterkin basically just doing Igor Shesterkin things. And... Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, like I said, a, a strong night for the Rangers. They get off to a hot start here. They score three goals in the first period. One was on the power play. One was at even strength. And one of them was shorthanded. We're getting to all those details in just a second. Going to break down all the goals the Rangers scored in this game and you know, just kind of zero in on guys like uh, Brent Offman, who I thought once again had a really nice night. I thought Bobby Trevino had something of an eventful night as well. Uh, Got to talk a little bit about you know, uh, Jimmy Vesey obviously strengthening his chance to potentially make this New York Ranger team and be out there on opening night. And we're getting to all that stuff in just a second. Zach Jones, definitely going to talk about Zach Jones. Got to mention him a little bit as well. And we'll get to all that in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the NHL, MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline where the game starts. All right, just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And I wanted to kind of just uh, go through this game with you guys. Obviously, it's been a while since a uh, couple of months here since we had an actual game to recap here. So going to go through the game. I mean, I'm not going to go exactly play by play, but just going to give you guys some highlights and offer my thoughts along the way. Uh, Long-time listeners, you guys know how we tend to do things here. And if you're kind of new to the podcast, well, you know, welcome, first of all. And uh, secondly, it's great to be watching some Ranger hockey uh, with you and, and getting to talk about it here on the podcast. So uh, like I mentioned, I thought overall Jimmy Vesey had a strong showing for himself tonight. Probably did more than anybody to kind of improve his chances of, you know, potentially making this Ranger opening night roster. He had a couple of chances very early in the game. In fact, it might have been his first shift. Uh, he was actually out there with Mika and Kako. So I believe there was uh, something of a partial line change when all this was happening. But Kako had the puck uh, just inside the blue line. He found VZ along the goal line, and VZ kind of, you know, worked his way to the front of the net. Uh, shot was denied from point-blank range. Got another shot on goal right after this. So he didn't score there, but VZ obviously making a little bit of noise early in this game. He ends up scoring a little bit later in the first period, and we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, but I do want to mention Brent Offen. He was also involved in a noteworthy uh, sequence in this first period here. I didn't really know what had happened, 
But all of a sudden, you know, they show Brent Hoffman on the bench and, you know, he's got a tissue in his nose and it looks like he'd been bleeding a little bit. And, uh, you know, hey, Ryan Lindgren did not play in this game here tonight. So obviously somebody needs to pick up the slack in terms of, uh, you know, spilling some blood uh, over the course of a game here. But in all seriousness, yeah, Brandon Hoffman basically was just chasing a puck and uh, got hit somewhat from behind and into the boards. Uh, Jacob Truba came to the rescue and went after the guy that knocked Hoffman into the boards. But, you know, Brandon Hoffman, he's a hard-nosed hockey player, didn't even miss a shift or anything like that. He was right back out there. And in fact, on his next shift, uh, you had a situation where uh, Brandon Hoffman was involved in a little bit of a skirmish after the whistle. Uh, you know, the, the whistle blew and Hoffman gave a little bit of a hit to his opponent and then Mayfield went after Hoffman. So uh, again, an eventful first period for Brandon Hoffman, kind of in the middle of everything here. And he ends up with two assists. And like I said, we're going to get to uh, those two assists and the goal breakdowns in just a second. But uh, then we also had the Rangers on a power play. You had Zach Jones. He was out there on the top power play unit, or what certainly seemed like it was the top power play unit, because he was out there with Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, Capo Caco, and Vitaly Kravtsov. So basically, uh, the first line from this game, that being Kreider, Caco, and Mika, plus Kravtsov, plus Zach Jones. And they got a lot of good chances here. You know, Mika had a one-timer where Varlamov had to make a really nice sliding save to his right. He also had uh, Miller passing to VZ, passing to Offman in front of the net. Often put it, I wanted to say he put it wide, but I think it actually went just over uh, the, the crossbar there. So a uh, good opportunity for Brian Othman. And then, of course, Jimmy VZ scores late in the power play. Like I mentioned, he had a couple of chances early in this first period here. It was great to see him come through with a goal here. Uh, basically, you know, VZ's got it in the corner, starts making his move toward the net, as he did earlier in this period. He had Brandon Othman in front of the net and was looking like maybe he was going to pass, but instead, VZ decides to take a shot from a really tough angle here and basically banked it off of Varlamov's face and into the near side of the net. So that was awesome. And the Rangers up one nothing. And like I said, VZ doing nothing but helping his chances as far as making this Ranger team uh, based on the performance that he had here tonight. And, you know, hey, VZ got his start with the Rangers, played three seasons here, 16 goals, 17 goals, and 17 goals. Those are by far his most productive seasons uh, that he's had in the NHL. He's bounced around like crazy ever since then. He's never in one team for more than a year. And look, that was a completely different Ranger team at the time. I mean, as far as guys that are still there, I mean, Kreider, maybe Mika, there was some overlap with VZ. So the team has obviously changed a little bit. But hey, you know, VZ had his best seasons with the Rangers. Maybe more of that is to come uh, this season. And if that happens, uh, that would be great for the Rangers because, you know, that would be just an absolute steal given the fact that Jimmy VZ is going to be making the league minimum uh, if he's on this team. We, after this, had a, another really nice point-blank save by Igor Shesterkin against Wallstrom. Like I said, he was sharp. He was in midseason form. And, uh, you know, the way he was going in this one, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he would have ended up getting the shutout uh, had he stayed in this game. But obviously, the Rangers had their plans, and uh, Dylan Garan took over for Igor a little bit past the midway point of the second period. But then you had the Rangers making it 2 to nothing. Uh, there was a shot put on net by Jacob Truba. Truba took a shot from the blue line. It was stopped by Varlamov. The puck is loose in front. And then Kreider picks it up and basically, you know, just all in one motion, all in stride, just flips it into the net which was, you know, pretty wide open at that point. Two to nothing, a true Chris Kreider-esque goal. And, you know, there's a lot of debate among Ranger fans. Like, okay, Chris Kreider just scored 52 goals. 
He had never had 30 goals in a season prior to this one that just happened. So what does he do for an encore? Is there any way that he can do, you know, 52 goals or even more than 52 goals again? And the prevailing thought uh, for most Ranger fans seems to be that he's probably not going to get to 52 again. And I would agree with that for the most part. I'm not going to say it's completely impossible, though. I think we're in a situation where Chris Kreider could very easily end up with like 42, 43, 44 goals, somewhere in there. Uh, a lot of other people are saying, you know, 35 would be good, whatever it might be. I think Kreider can get to like 45. Maybe he gets close to 52 again. And the reason for this, and it's something that I talked about when he was in the middle of uh, just that insane season that he had last year, is that Chris Kreider, the way he scores goals, it is a very repeatable formula, and that was on display here uh, with him, you know, once again getting to the front of the net and scoring kind of a stuffing goal, uh, cleaning up from the doorstep. Chris Kreider scores a ridiculous amount of his goals, A, on the power play, which as we all know, the Rangers have a lethal power play unit, particularly the top power play unit, which is probably going to be Kreider, Mika, Fox, Panarin, and probably Trocek. You know, we'll, we'll see who the fifth guy ends up being, but he's part of, uh, once again, that lethal top power play unit, and there's no shortage of great passers out there with him, guys that can set him up for goals. And on top of that, on top of just his power play prowess, even when they're not on the power play, Kreider gets a lot of his goals by just setting up shop in front of the net, being immovable. You know, he's he just, he sets up in front of the net and you can't get him out of there. There's nothing you can do. He's just going to do whatever he wants there, basically. And he scores a lot of his goals either on deflections or what he did tonight, you know, kind of cleaning up some of the loose change in the crease there. That's a repeatable formula. This isn't a situation where, you know, Kreider was getting lucky last year with lucky bounces or, you know, shots that barely, you know, hit off the post and went in rather than hitting off the post and go out. No, Chris Kreider did a lot of, you know, his damage once again with those tipping goals, those uh, cleaning up the loose change kind of goals and the power play goals. All those things, Chris Kreider can do it again. So will he get to 52 goals again? I'm going to say probably not, but I don't think he's going to be as far away from that number as a lot of people think that he will. I could see 42 to 45 goals very, very easily. Um, something else I wanted to mention here, this is kind of a, a fun story that happened in this game. So Sakura was called for a penalty. Adam Sakura, the first player picked by the Rangers in this past year's draft. And, you know, he was kind of down on himself for, for taking the penalty, um, but then Gerard Gallant, not too long ago after this, he went up to Sakura on the bench. He didn't agree with the penalty at all. And he went up to him and he basically said, and I'm paraphrasing here, this is all secondhand coming from the MSG broadcast, but he basically went up to him and said, hey kid, that wasn't a penalty. Don't worry about it. Keep your head up. So that's obviously cool to see Sakura, very young player and uh, not going to be playing on the Rangers this year, you would have to think, but uh, somebody who the Rangers hope have a has a bright future in this league, and, and we'll see how everything shakes out and how his development uh, continues over the next few years here. Uh, but, you know, that penalty to Sakura actually kind of worked out in the Ranger favor because they ended up scoring a shorthanded goal. You had a situation where Carpenter lost the faceoff and the Islanders controlled, and the Islanders are down 2 to nothing at this point. And before we get to the goal, I should probably just mention the guys that were out there on the PK. I'm sure a lot of people are interested in that. You know, if you didn't get a chance to watch the game, especially given the fact that the Rangers lost a good amount of their penalty killers uh, to free agency this offseason. But you had Carpenter out there to start the PK. Uh, Ke'Andre Miller was out there. Jacob Truba was out there. And Jimmy Vesey was out there as well. Uh, you had a clear by Truba. And then you had uh, a new batch of penalty killers on the ice for the New York Rangers. Kaka was out there. Hayek and Schneider were each out there as well. 
Uh, Kako actually looked a little bit more comfortable on the penalty kill than he did in the preseason last year. I thought he had good positioning, pressured the puck when the occasion called for it, but I uh, never like compromised his positioning or anything like that. Kako, you know, not a ton of penalty kill time tonight, and obviously it's a small sample size and just one preseason game. But uh, so far, so good. I, I thought Capo Kako looked pretty poised on the PK uh, in this game for the New York Rangers. But then the goal. Uh, great defensive play. By Mika Zibanejad, Mika was out there for the penalty kill. I mean, what else is new? Mika Zibanejad with an excellent defensive play basically just knocked the puck away from his guy. And when Mika deflected the puck, he knocked it out of the Rainer zone all the way into the Islander zone along the boards on the right side there. And Brandon Othman showing impressive speed. I mean, I knew this kid was physical and tough and has got some offensive skill. The speed that he showed here was tremendously impressive. And Othman, like I said, he just goes flying after it. Uh, up the right side, and he's he's by himself. You know, nobody on the Rangers or the Islanders is really all that close to him, but he's also along the boards, and he's also in a situation where the clock's about to run out. It's under 10 seconds at this point, but a great play by Brian Othman here. He passes to his left to K. Andre Miller. Miller was right up the center of the ice. Miller had a fantastic game. K. Andre Miller is a superstar present tense. I said it last year during the playoffs, and I truly do believe that. We're past the point as far as Potential and upside and all these other buzzwords. Keandre Miller is a superstar, present tense. But Othman found him, and uh, Miller took care of the rest, scored, blocker side on Varlamov with less than four seconds remaining in the first period. Rangers up 3-0 at that point. But I also got to give uh, credit to Brian Othman. I mentioned the speed and everything and how he got to the puck uh, as fast as he did. That was, by the way, his second assist of the first period. He also had the secondary assist on the goal by Jimmy Vesey. But Othman, man, the instincts here and the wherewithal to... As he's pursuing the puck, you know, look back over his left shoulder and just kind of see what's developing behind him. Okay, where's my teammate? Where am I going to go with this puck? What am I going to do here? And then, you know, he saw that, once again, Miller was going right up the center of the ice and perfect pass to him. Ke'Andre Miller took care of the rest. So just an awesome play all around. Mika causing the turnover. Brent Offman finding the puck and, um, you know, obviously making great pass and showing great hockey instincts there. And Ke'Andre Miller uh, finishing the job and giving the Rangers a 3 to nothing lead once again with less than four seconds remaining in the first period. Uh, like I was saying, this game really could not have gone much better, and uh, that's especially true as it pertains to the first period. And uh, we're going to continue breaking this game down in just a second, get to some other highlights and some other thoughts on this game. And, yeah, we will do that in just a second. All right, so we had kind of an eventful start to the second period. The Islanders actually got a two-on-one just 15 seconds or so into the action here. There was a pass to Barzell, and then uh, Igor Shesterkin with one of his better saves of the night. Sliding save to his right. Just cool, calm, and collected. Didn't give him anything. Made a pad save. Steered the puck into the corner. And right after this, we had Jimmy Vesey passing to Capo Caco on the right side, and Caco with a nasty wrister uh, caught a good piece of the near post. So good puck movement there. Just wasn't meant to be as far as the goal was concerned. And, uh, you know, Philip Heedle, as the shift continued, he got a chance from the left circle. Uh, that was also stopped by Semyon Varlamov. And then Vitaly Krasov, there was a situation a little bit later in the second period. All eyes are going to be on Krasov, and I thought he played fairly well in this game. Didn't really stand out that much one way or the other, although I thought his line had some good shifts. Uh, but there was a situation where he got loose. You had something of a late developing two-on-one, and it seemed like Krasov sort of got caught between shooting and passing. I don't really know what happened here. You know, he was moving in, and I think it was, uh, I forget who was in there with him, but instead of either passing or shooting, he just sort of 
lately put it on net, and it was stopped pretty easily. So just a little bit of indecisiveness there from Vitaly Kravtsov. And I almost wonder, like, it, you know, after everything that happened with him last year, is he going to be somebody, get another New York Ranger, who's going to be too pass-happy? You know, that the guy that's always looking to set up his teammates. I mean, Kravtsov, again, when you consider everything that happened this past season and him wanting to probably try to win over his teammates— it's very, very possible that he's going to be very much a pass-first player. And I don't want to jump to too many conclusions here, but I feel like he was right about to shoot it and then was going to pass at the last second, just kind of lost control. And like I said, the puck went lightly on net and ended up being uh, an easy save for uh, Varlamov, who was still in the game at the time. But, you know, just one play. I'm not going to overanalyze it too much. Uh, something interesting that happened right after this, we had an icing on the Rangers. And uh, Trevino, who... You know, he's he's a former UMass standout, and he's in camp with the Rangers here. Tremendous long shot to make the team. Could end up with the Hartford Wolfpack this season. But, you know, you watch him play, and his whole family was at the game, and they're all big-time Ranger fans, and that's cool and everything. Uh, yeah, his lack of size just really jumps off the screen. And that's not to say that he can't possibly make it in the NHL. I know some guy named Matt Zuccarello who had uh, a lot of great years for the New York Rangers and has picked it back up with the Minnesota Wild the last season or two as well. Um, but obviously, he's facing an uphill battle just due to his lack of size. But man, this guy does not take any you-know-what from anybody because uh, he was bumped after the Rangers took an icing here, and Trevino went right back at him. You know, like, like twice as much as this guy came after him, Trevino went right back after him. And I mentioned this when we were talking a little bit about some of these, you know, players that are going to be trying out for the Rangers and guys that are going to be in camp. I mentioned that if Trevino, and keep in mind, I said this without uh, ever actually seeing him play. It was just everything that I had read about him. High motor, you know, scrappy, feisty player. If Trevino ever actually does end up playing for the Rangers, you know, in the regular season, he will end up being a crowd favorite because he's feisty and, you know, He's kind of a long shot to obviously, you know, stick in the NHL, but he's got a chance at it. And like I said, I think people like the underdog and again, just a scrappy player who's not going to take any, you know what, from anybody. And what also does not hurt is when you are on the ice with Ryan Reeves, because when Trevino got into this little dust up here, uh, Ryan Reeves was the first guy to step in, a little bit of pushing and shoving. This game wasn't too crazy in terms of like the extracurriculars, a little bit here and there. This is probably about as crazy as it got, uh, this Trevino dust up here. But, uh, you know, as far as between the whistles, yeah, this is a very physical preseason game. I mean, this was not two teams that were just kind of sticking their toe in the water or anything like that. These teams were going at it. This is a, a physical hockey game, and it's understandable. There's a lot of guys trying to either make the team, whether it's the Rangers or the Islanders, and a lot of guys who are trying to, you know, improve their standing and, and claim a, a big role for whichever team that they play for. So, yeah, just very, very, uh, you know, physical game to start the preseason. Not a bad thing, though. Obviously, you know, competition's a good thing, and uh, the Rangers have a lot of players that are trying to turn some heads, make this team, improve their standing within the organization, whatever it might be. And when you're out there in a, you know, competitive physical game against a division rival, uh, that's only a good thing, and that only helps you put your best foot forward and show what you can do. We also, in the second period here, had Zach Jones making the score 4 to nothing in favor of the New York Rangers, and it's funny because, you know, he took this shot from the point, and, you know, I saw Chris Kreider in front of that. There was a lot of traffic. There was, Kreider was there. Mika was there. Uh, two Islanders were there. There was a third Ranger that wasn't too far away and a third Islander that wasn't too far away. Heavy, heavy traffic in front of the goalie. And it was, it was still Varlamov, by the way. This is the, the goal that knocked him out of the game. He might have been coming out anyway. 
But the Rangers knocked Varlamov out of the game with this goal. And it's funny because I saw Jones take the shot and I saw a little bit of a deflection. And right away, I write into my notes, you know, Kreider with the deflection, second goal of the game. And then not until the replay did I realize that, no, uh, he did not deflect it at all. This was Zach Jones's goal. Uh, the puck deflected off of the stick of an Islander. I believe it was actually Anders Lee. But regardless, Zach Jones, who actually does not have a regular season goal with the Rangers, gets his first uh, preseason goal here. And obviously, you know, somebody that's in a battle for the sixth and final defense in spot, this certainly does not hurt. But yeah, again, you know, you just see Kreider in front of the net, you see a deflection. Well, Kreider had to have tipped it home, right? But no, this was indeed uh, Zach Jones's goal. So good for Zach Jones. He's somebody that I'm pulling for. Like I said, I've made my thoughts very clear. It's nothing against Libor Hayek, but I would like to see one of the kids be it Zach Jones or Matthew Robertson, get the opportunity to be that sixth defenseman. I just think that at this point, Hayek's had enough chances, and I want to see what one of the kids, what one of these young prospects can do uh, in the regular season, especially with a lot of leash as the sixth defenseman. So as I mentioned, that was it for both of the starting goalies. Igor leaves, having stopped all 14 of the shots that he faced. Uh, this goalie change came with about eight minutes to go in the second period, and Dylan Garan went in for the New York Rangers at that point. And in fact, Garan, not too long after coming into the game, gave up the only goal of the game that the Islanders scored. Uh, Salo took a shot from the left point. Garan was screened. D didn't look like he ever really saw it. Uh, so that was unfortunate, obviously. Uh, but Garan, for anybody that uh, might need a little bit of a refresher, he's somebody that the Rangers took in the fourth round a couple of seasons ago. Uh, has played very well with the Kamloops Blazers. And he also just won the gold medal as part of Team Canada in the World Juniors. Uh, two of his current Ranger teammates, Will Cooley and Brian Hoffman, were also his teammates in that tournament as well. And in this game, he stopped nine of the 10 shots that he faced. Couple of nice saves for Dylan Grand down the stretch and in the third period here, for sure. He had a really tough stop on Holmstrom in the last couple minutes of the third period. Holmstrom got a great opportunity from the slot. He was kind of uncovered there, but... Uh, you know, Garand squared it up, did not allow a rebound, so uh, very, very nice to see. Garand could eventually have a future with this Ranger team. I know they've got Halak as the backup goalie right now, and you've got uh, Louis Deming, who's got a two-year contract. Halak's only on a one-year contract. Eventually, I think the C's are going to part, and Dylan Garand will have a path to playing time with the New York Rangers. He's not going to unseat Igor Shesterkin, allow me to state the obvious, but as a backup goalie, yeah, very possible that we end up seeing Dylan Garand at a certain point. I would say probably not this season, but... It's possible, and if not this season, then certainly in the near future, Dylan Garan is going to get serious consideration to be on this New York Ranger team, I would imagine. You never know what can happen. I mean, maybe he's part of a trade or something like that, but I do think there's a path to playing time there for Dylan Garan, at least as the backup with the New York Rangers. And I also just wanted to mention real quick here that it was a really strong night for the Rangers penalty kill unit. Again, I thought a lot of guys played very well. Uh, opportunities were certainly limited for the New York Islanders, who went 0 for 4 on the man advantage. The Rangers had a lot of guys contributing in that department. You had uh, Libor Hayek with three minutes and four seconds of penalty kill time. You had Ke'Andre Miller with three minutes and seven seconds. They led the way for the defensemen. As far as the forwards are concerned, Mika Zibanejad was out there for 2.30. Uh, Capo Caco was out there for 2.05, which is noteworthy because, you know, Gerard Gallant mentioned that, uh, you know, a lot of the young guys are going to have opportunities to potentially, you know, chip in on the penalty kill as well, including Capo Caco. 
Uh, Chris Kreider was out there for 217. Gustav Riedel, who came over from the SHL, is on a one-year deal with the Rangers, uh, one minute and 57 seconds. He actually uh, had a nice play on the penalty kill where he just stole the puck, went in by himself, and unfortunately was uh, denied on the doorstep. But a nice play by Riedel there on the penalty kill. Ryan Carpenter was out there for 141. Pretty much everybody that you would expect. Jimmy Vesey was out there for 125. And I really like, you know, with Vesey, again, being kind of a fringe roster player, whether he's going to make this team or not, they're giving him every opportunity. He got 17 minutes and seven seconds of ice time. That was good for second among Ranger forwards, only to Philip Hedl, who had 17.54. Uh, but I like Vesey getting ice time. Uh, at even strength, and also 143 on the power play and 125 on the penalty kill. Give him a chance to put his best foot forward in every single aspect of the game. And like I said, I thought VZ passed the flying colors tonight. I thought he had a really strong game and only increased his chances of making the team. And the one last player that I want to talk about is Zach Jones. You know, we talked about his goal not too long ago. To me, he just passes the eye test. I've talked about this in the past when he's gotten, you know, a little bit of run with the Rangers here and there. To me, he just looks like he belongs. He looks like he's confident in himself. He knows what he's doing. He has good defensive positioning. He can certainly chip in offensively. And he had a strong game here in this one, uh, 20 minutes and 33 seconds of ice time. That was second as far as Ranger defensemen are concerned, only to Libor Hayek, who had 21-44. And I like that too. I like the fact that Zach Jones and Libor Hayek, who are both gunning for a roster spot, once again, both being given a chance to play a lot of time in this game here tonight. They led the way as far as the Ranger defensemen are concerned. Uh, Zach Jones got two minutes and two seconds on the power play. Looked pretty comfortable quarterback in the power play as well. Like what I'm seeing from Zach Jones, you know, not just the goal, but just his overall game in this one, his presence. And, um, you know, again, he just to me seems like a confident player and somebody who's ready to make that jump uh, possibly permanently to the NHL uh, for this team. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think we can pretty much call it there. I think we pretty much covered all the, the big talking points from this preseason opener here. It's just awesome to have New York Ranger hockey back. It's awesome to get a win. Yes, it's the preseason, but, hey, a 4-1 to win against the New York Islanders, I'll sign up for that any day of the week. And, again, I just love the fact that every single player on this team, A, contributed, and, B, you know, there's a lot of guys, once again, that are competing for roster spots, and I don't think a single player went out there and hurt their chances of making this team. Nobody had, you know, what would be considered a rough night or, you know, a ton of turnovers or anything like that. Everybody played well, and you love to see it. You love to see the fact that there's guys gunning for roster spots and that it's not going to be easy to make this team, and it shouldn't be easy because the Rangers were in the Eastern Conference Final uh, this past season, and roster spots should be at a premium, and, you know, if just one game is any indication— then that's indeed going to be the case. It's going to be an absolute dogfight to make this Ranger team for a lot of these different players. Uh, but that'll pretty much do it. I mean, the Rangers back in Boston Tuesday night. Puck drops at 7 p.m. for that. I would imagine probably everybody that played in this game against the Islanders or just about everybody will probably sit against the Bruins. And then, you know, we'll have a whole other wave of players that didn't play in this one that will play in Boston on Tuesday night. Very much looking forward to seeing how the Rangers line up. And hell, just looking forward to some more New York Ranger hockey. So, Gonna be a, it's going to be a really fun week. You know, the Rangers playing four times in five days, and uh, we get to watch all these training camp battles unfold, all these battles for roster spots. Going to be a ton of fun. Uh, definitely make sure to come back for the next episode when we discuss everything that happens in that game against the Boston Bruins. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail. Com and definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.
Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.